Episode 23 of The Change Journals Inside the Reboots podcast features expert time crafter Mike Vardy. Mike is a longtime podcaster, productivity practitioner, and writer. Mike's new book, Time Crafting, A Better Way to Get the Right Things Done, is available for pre-order on Amazon. Check the link in the show notes. Now, Mike's journaling method is ridiculously simple. Here's the spoiler alert. He uses his phone to capture a photo or two, maybe a few more, that encapsulates his day. And at the end of every day, he dictates a few words or lines into his phone and compiles the photos and the transcript of his dictation into the day one app. So it only takes him a few minutes a day. But Mike says that's not where the magic happens. You're going to have to listen to the conversation to learn the secret journaling ingredient that supercharges Mike Vardy's life and business. Thank you for joining us, Mike. Thanks so much, Trace. I really appreciate it. You know, several years ago when a friend of mine introduced me to gratitude and when I started learning about some other journaling techniques to help me separate my thoughts from my emotions and to separate both of those from my actions, I started doing deep dives into journaling. And you're one of the guys that I found to kind of start nerding out on journaling. So it's awesome to have you. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I really, really appreciate it. And journaling has been uh, one of those things that I, I feel is highly undervalued and underutilized, especially in the world of you know personal productivity and time management. One of my favorite articles of yours is called Why I Journal and Why You Should Too at the Productivityist. So tell me just a little bit about what the Productivityist platform is like so that people who don't know you can can learn a little bit more about you and then we're going to dive into your journaling habit. Well, you know, they say that, you know, you don't necessarily get to choose what your audience does. They kind of get to choose you. Mm -hmm. So uh, the term productivityist actually came from, uh, I was on a podcast, the podcast I used to host with my friend, Michael Schechter, it was called Mike's on Mike's. And I think I threw the term out there just like, I, you know, I, 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 I was a productivity enthusiast and then I became more of a specialist and now I'm more of a strategist. So I guess I'm a productivityist. And then someone took that and ran with it and they started talking about it. So that's when Vardy.me, which was what that site was, became productivityist. And now it's become a company, like we're incorporated and all that stuff. So uh, the, the whole premise of productivityist, which is actually going to be going through a rebrand based on the book that I'm working on, which is called Time Crafting. And I'm not going to reveal a subtitle because that may change, but you can actually pre-order on Amazon now, which is amazing. Um, is the idea is that you know productivity is more of a lifestyle than anything else. It's kind of like you know when you try to uh, you know lose you know want to get fit or lose weight or whatever. Like to go on a diet is very you know it's 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 not generally sustainable if you look at it through those terms. So I, I like to look at it as a lifestyle. If you want to be healthy, have a live a healthier lifestyle, then you're going to see the results. So productivity is the same way. So I do. Um, I have, I have courses, I have, you know, my free email stuff. I have a podcast, a weekly podcast called the productivity podcast. And I also have, you know, books that I've written and coaching. I do all that stuff. And there's elements of this methodology and philosophy that I teach called time crafting that incorporates not just things like theming your time, which I call, you know, time theming or mode based work, which is kind of getting into different modalities and tackling your to do list and, and the things you want to do, but also chronicling, uh, which is like the idea of journaling and, and making sure that you can 
course correct factor uh, faster rather and and reflect and review in a way that's really marrying what I believe productivity is, which is your intention. What do you really need and want to do? And then your attention, how are you going to do those things? Hmm. Well, tell me when you began your habit of chronicling, chronicling life, business, and activity. I think I really started more consistently uh, back in 2012. So it's not been a long time by some standards. Like I know a lot of people have been journaling for decades. For me, it's been about seven years as of, as of right now. Um, and it was because I felt that uh, I wanted to make sure that I was not, not going in a direction that I didn't want to go in. I find that uh, journaling for me, what it, the reason I started was not so much here's what I did and here's what happened today, but more about the feelings or the emotions or how I felt, like basically how I felt about it. So, I mean, it was very easy for me to say, hey, I went to the dentist today because I could look at my calendar and say that. But if I said, you know, I'm terrified of the dentist, I hate the dentist. And um, it was such a, you know, to have to sit there for like two hours to go through this root canal process was really annoying. You know, what I really need to do is I need to floss more. Like I just need to, because if I do that, then I can avoid that next time. So by going back and reflecting on that, I was able to, you know, adopt a, a habit of flossing. So then I, when the next time I went to the dentist and that went in my journal, it was like, Hey, guess what? Clean bill of health, no cavities. I mean, that's, that's one way to look at it. But for me, it was very much a, um, it was, it was a form of self-correction a self-reflection and then almost, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people go to therapy and counseling, but almost a form of self-counseling. Cause I look at a journal as like the person that you were is very well informed at the end of the day. A, a, a day is like a lifetime by the, you start your day and you're a baby, you end your day, you're uh, you know, an elder. Um, so when the next time I read it, I'm, you know, the next morning, if I want to go back and look and see what I've done, or I want to see what I've planned, or if I even look further down the road, it's my ancestor. That is telling me, hey, this is what we said you wanted to do. And now here's where you are. Did you do that? So I look at it from that vantage point and it helps me really, you know, kind of keep up and consistent with it, which I've done for, for the past, I guess now seven years plus. Well, I'm going to drop a little bit of a tease on, on the, our audience who might not know you, which is, uh, that, that you, you, uh, had a career at a big box store, did some comic work and then started your full-time journey as a writer. So 2012, where was this in this odd transformation of your career, which I think is awesome? It was, it would have been when I finally was able to, when my, when my son was starting to go to, to daycare a bit more. So I wasn't the whole stay at home parent kind of thing where I was home with him. So I had a bit more, I was seeing that I was having more bandwidth to do the things that I needed to do. And, and so my time wasn't being taken up as much with that stuff. And, and I think that's the thing too, is I was looking at it. Like, I don't want to lose sight of all the great things that I'm doing with my, my kids. And I want to make sure that when my kids are at school or at daycare, that I'm actually doing the things that I need to be doing and, and things that I want to be doing. Because if I don't do that, then when they come home, I'm going to either try to do that stuff, which is not the whole point. I mean, uh, the reason I'm an entrepreneur first and foremost is the freedom that it allows me to have. Um, but it, it also, uh, th the thing is, is that, yeah, I mean, I left Costco in, so it would have been 2006. I left Costco. So this was six years after, and I had had about two and a half years, three years of, you know, working 
in different jobs, including the comedy, which I, I think I just left and stopped doing before 2012 fully. So it kind of was the opportunity to also look back and almost retroactively talk about things that had happened. So like, you know, um, when I talk about like, like a lot of what time crafting is like the, the, almost the, I wouldn't say the, the, the genesis of it, but you know, I mean, the ideas of simple, flexible, flexible, durable, which are the, you know, kind of the core elements of it. Um, we're born from Costco. Like you go into Costco, you know, the floors are poured concrete and there's steel and there's pallets. I mean, it's very simple. And, you know, the idea of having limited choice, that was a big thing that Costco allowed because you go into Costco and you go to buy something, you have very limited options of those types of things you can buy, but then you end up walking out buying a color TV and a book and, you know, a scuba set that you didn't intend on buying because you didn't have to spend so much time looking at which ketchup you wanted because there was only one type of ketchup. So I think I used it at that time, especially more, not just as much of a, here's what's happening right now, but almost like a, I need to catch up on what I missed to this point. Almost like, you know, Marcus Aurelius's meditations, right? Yeah. You know, he's doing it in, in the moment, but I'm sure he was reflecting back to like, you know, when he was younger and youth and stuff like that. So I think that's where it came from. And it's, that's still there. There's still moments where I write about things like, this is how I feel about my youth. And, oh, this is something, the re like I watched the Bill Burr comedy special literally this week, um, the new one on Netflix. And I, the, what it went in my journal that night was, wow, the latter half of that, maybe the latter third, I could totally relate to, cause that was like my childhood. And to be able to put that in there made me feel good about recognizing that that was kind of like, you know, there's a lot of anger around our house and stuff like that. But it also gave me, I was so far removed from it that I wasn't afraid to put that in there. And then I also put in there like, Hey, maybe like Bill Burr, I should look at talking to other people about it as opposed to just this journal. So it, it does give you that. And the fact that I know that other than me telling you this now, um, you know, no one's really, and I mean, realistically, no one's going to be able to read my journal. I don't really give my journal to anyone to read. So if I'm having an issue, it's for me and me alone. And I'm not sitting there saying, uh, you know, it, by the time someone reads my journal, I'm going to be dead and gone. Like I won't be here. So, so when they read it, if they're offended by it, Hey, that's how I was in the moment. That's how I felt. That's, and that's cause it's not for them. It's, it, and my argument to people when they say, Oh, journaling, I can't journal. I don't have time for this. I'm like, do you have time to go on Instagram? Do you have time to go on Facebook? When you do that, you're journaling for the whole world. So what about something for you? And then we're venting our emotions in public and we're creating chaos. Exactly. Because, because I think the thing is, is that when you do that, then you are, there's optics. Everything on social media is related. Like it's all optics. So when you say, uh, and we see this a lot with online entrepreneurs, like, oh, chilling by the beach, laps, laptop lifestyle or whatever you can see sometimes, they don't see the other stuff. Because you're not, a lot of people don't share that stuff or they go in the completely other direction. They vent about like, oh, you know, this person's done this to me. This person's done that to me. Um, the, the journal gives you the sense to be as authentic as possible because you know that it's not going to be something you're going to put out there. So instead of saying, you know what, I was sitting on the beach and I shared a picture of me in a laptop lifestyle, but you know, um, it was a, it was a, <laughs> it was, it, I, I'm, I'm struggling to make ends meet. Uh, I put that out there because I feel like if I do that, then I'm going to feel better about myself. Or, um, you know what? I, I, sh I'm really ticked off at, at, at my, you know, my brother right now. And, uh, you know, I wanted to put it out to the world, but instead I'm just going to put it in here. It's like that old adage of writing a letter that you never intend to send. Right. I, there's, there's such a cathartic element there that, and it doesn't take much to do it. Like there's a reason there's a five minute journal out there. 
five yeah. minutes is like 0.4% of your entire day. So if you can't take that amount of your day to like connect with yourself and what you've got going on and what you'd like to have going on, then, then I think you got a lot. I mean, I think you, you got to really look at why that's the case. Well, when you started doing this, at what point did you, did, did you notice that something was changing and then what was that change? I think I really noticed it when I was deliberate about it. So when I decided to make it part of my evening routine, when I didn't just randomly do it, when I included it and made it integral, because, and the reason I did that is because when I was following the getting things done methodology, GTD, one of the elements was the weekly review. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do the weekly review weekly. In fact, you know, I mean, one of the criticisms that you hear of getting things done is that the weekly review is very tough to do for, for, for quite a few people. Um, so I wanted to have a way to kind of bypass it, you know, where I could do. And so the journaling to me, initially I felt was like a daily review. Like, Hey, you know, if I journal every day, then I'm reviewing daily. And then when I, and then what I would do is read it every two weeks and say, well, all I have to do is read the review. Now I don't, I've done it every day. So I'm seeing everything bit by bit. When I started doing that, see, that was the thing. The journaling didn't really, I noticed the change, not as much when I was writing it, but when I went back to read it again, because then I could say, oh, that's where, you know, and I could see patterns like why, you know, why are you not making enough money right now? Oh, well, because you're, you've got 14 different things that you said you wanted to do. Nail that down, Mike. Like, come on, pick the one, you know? Oh, this one showed up four times. Every other one showed up once. That's telling you something. So I, when I started to read back, I, it was telling me a story and it was a, it was a probably the most important story you could tell me because it was my story. So that's when I really noticed. And that's, that's when I really noticed it, what it was doing. And then when I started to take action on that and say, okay, you know what? That's when monthly, monthly theming came part of, part of the time crafting methodology. Monthly theming came from me reading journal entries, like to what it is now, because what I was doing is I was giving themes to different, you know, periods of time, months specifically, but they were all related. They were, they were really broad and there were no personal monthly themes. I didn't do any, it was all work. And then I realized, you know what, there's things I need to focus on that I'm not doing. I should give myself the room to do this in a monthly manner for personal stuff as well. Or, you know what, I know I need to get this job done. Why isn't it doing, I need to have an overarching focus, not just for my days of the week, but for the month. So it, it was the looking back on the looking back, which is hilarious, I guess, when you think about it, the reflecting on the reflecting that kind of really took it to the next level. And doesn't, again, if you're taking a couple minutes to read your journal, like, I mean, if, if I, I read it every two weeks, so 14 entries get read at a time. And if each journal entry, and I normally dictate them now, so I'll, I'll put it into an app called Drafts for iOS. Love Drafts. Yeah. And then I'll copy it into day one. There's a, like day one is my journal. So, and then the other thing I do is I take pictures every day and day one gets a picture or, and actually what I do now is I'm, cause I'm cheap and I'm not using the new version of day one is I use the layout app on iOS. So I have multiple pictures and then I can just have like a collage for that day. And so what I'll do is look at that photo. So that'll go into day one and then I'll open up drafts and I'll just go and I'll just start. And then I'll, move back into day one and, and do all that stuff. But by uh, the thing is, is that once I started doing that and then looking back every, you know, every two weeks, I would look back and read those entries. It took me maybe a half an hour to read those things, maybe a little bit longer, depending on how the entries were, but it gave me such, it, it gave me such profound insight as to where I was 
and then where I'm at now and then where I wanted to go, that it would save me more than that time later because it was removing some of the friction that was in the way. So I would say that's when, like, when I, when I had a pattern there that I could go back and review and reflect on, it, it was the game changer for me. Do you use a series of prompts or do you just go? It depends. So um, I, when I teach people about chronicling, I often say, you know, like it, free form often is good for me because I can just, the photos help. So the photo is a trigger and I'll just free form it. But if I'm trying to be a bit more deliberate, I'll say, because I use a, a theme for every single day of the week. So I'll say, you know, what was today's theme? Today's theme was today. What, what day is it today? Today's Friday. Okay. What, what's your overarching focus on Friday? Well, today's daily theme is deep work. Okay. Did you do deep work today? Yes or no? No, I did not. Why didn't you do it? Why or why not? And then that would let me go. So that would act as a springboard. But there's been some days where at the end of the day, I'm just so wiped, which is why I love using drafts and the dictation, because then I'm not sitting there typing. I can just look. I can talk. It's pretty clear listening to me right now. I can talk. So, so to be able to say, Hey, you know what? I can do this in two minutes or less. That's fine. But sometimes journal entries have been as simple as, and I've used this in presentation before drat. Although I don't say drat. I say, I use another word <laughs> still have writer's block. And then I leave it at that because for me, even if I don't have anything profound or even uh, thoughtful to say or anything to say, it's about keeping that streak alive. It's about the hab the enacting on the habit. So there you will find entries that have a photo sometimes, and it'll just say, what a day, check out these photos. And I leave it at that, right? Other days will be like a big, long, you know, a longer entry. I could tell you yesterday's entry was um, a photo of my wife, a photo of us. Uh, I took a screen capture of my Facebook, uh, uh, update, which said, I will not update to the new operating system until my manuscript is finished. And I did it like five times, like you're writing on a chalkboard. I had my horoscope because it just kind of spoke to me for that day. And I was like, Oh, I'll put that there. The book, um, uh, you are awesome by Neil Presricha. Cause I interviewed him that day and <laughs> the name of a company whose check we had been waiting on for a long time that finally showed up. And it was all in this collage. And they said, this has been a pretty awesome day. Look at all this stuff that happened. And then I went on about how I'm going to miss my wife because she's going to be gone for five days. So it, it, it varies. But I think for anyone who's trying to do this, number one, um, it's about the doing. That's really important just to build that habit. And number two, if you need a framework, make it your framework. So for me, the prompt is, what was your theme today? What was your theme this month? Like I can use any of those and it gets me going. So, but that, that to me is, is, is huge. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you, Mike. The, the idea is to get started. In fact, I started when, when I decided to, to launch my own business after I lost my job, I started trying to do the note as Sean Blanc teaches. Right. Mike, I failed at it. I was miserable. I just created a litany of stuff I didn't get done today, didn't do, you know, that needed to get done. And I was awful at it. And for whatever reason, I kept going. What that has become for me, though, because I didn't give up, it's become a whole different process, a note I write to my next day self that helps me slay the dragon of self-doubt. In fact, pretty soon, I've got a guest column coming out on Sean's site to show what failure at journaling looks like when we just keep going. 
Well, and because it's the story, right? Like, I mean, how often, I mean, if I went back to look at my first ever podcast and listen to it, I would cringe. I'm sure I would because it was new and it, but the thing was to keep going. And Sean and I have a lot of stuff that we're very much aligned on. We've even done, um, in his focus course, we actually had a thing that we did before that called the awareness building class. So now I've known Sean for at least as long as I've, I think I've been known Sean for almost a decade now. Um, and he's, I kind of look at journaling the same, like the idea of the note, it's that, you know, the end of the day, it's the elder saying, okay, here's what I learned today. Take this knowledge and use it in this fashion. And then when I wake, cause I'm a, I'm a night owl. So when I wake up in the morning, I need, I need that. I need to have that planned out. I need to see that. So one of the things I will almost always put in my journal entry is what my plan is for tomorrow. So I'll say, yeah, and it won't even be like a big plan. It'll just say tomorrow's deep work day. Really got to work on that manuscript. Just got to crank out like 2000 words and I'm good. And then, you know, if I'm struggling, I can go back and look and see what that was. So I used to actually leave before I was using day one, I would actually write out, I would close my laptop at the end of the day of my evening routine. And I would write out dear, like a letter, like dear Mike, here's, here are your three absolutes for tomorrow. And then I put that on the top of my laptop. And then when I came down in the morning, I'll bleary eyed. I'd, that's the first thing I would do before I could even open my laptop. I would do that. And I'd be able to go, wow, okay, this is what I set out to do. And sometimes it would be the easiest things in the world. Cause I knew it was going to be a hard day. And sometimes it was like, look, here's a couple easy, but here's the big one. So, um, yeah, it's it, the failure. When I was talking to Neil yesterday about failure, he's like, you know, when you think about it, like the best athletes, and this is not new knowledge, fail, like the best hitters in baseball. I'm an Astros fan. And they're doing really well this year. Oh, cards. Well, they, they actually, didn't they just take over? I think they just did. They took over the wild card position as we're recording this. Oh, we are in first place, four game lead. Cardinals and Cubs are playing right now. Right. right. So yeah. So, so the Cardinals and the, and, and so there, there's an example, like the best batters in baseball hit the ball 30% of the time. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. So when you think about it in terms of like other aspects of your life, like, you know, if you don't at 365 days of the year, if you do well in a hundred of them, that's like, that's like being the, one of the best hitters in baseball. Right. So yep. you gotta look at it from that vantage point. You're going to have some days where your job is just to simply go up there, take some swings at the plate, may, maybe drive home a run or two, but then other days you're going to, you're going to knock in about six RBIs and you're going to feel great about it. Um, so that I, I agree. I think that it's, it's about the, you see the story and the story, it, the story isn't just about the successes because that, 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 that's not a great story. You know, it's, you know, the hero's journey is more about, you know, the, the, the things that they came up against as opposed to how they overcome them. That's at the end of it. So to me, I think that's a great way. And actually I can't wait to read what you're going to talk about. Sean say, I love Sean's work. Well, it, it, what, what a gift. And, um, I've done an interview with him. And so these are all coming out at about the same time as people are listening to this, that these will be right around the corner or will just have happened sometime in October. Well, it's time for me to, to let you go. I just want to, I want to give you an opportunity to wrap up by encouraging and offering some, some advice to people who are listening. And I know you've kind of touched on that, but like, the next ridiculously simple step that someone who who wants to learn their story and to tell them to speak into their own journey, what's the best and easiest way to get started and to keep going? I think the the 
the best way, and it, it, it's the simplest, I'm not going to say easiest because this isn't necessarily easy, but simplest is to attach writing in your journal and be specific about it. So like not just write in journal, but like write for five minutes in journal or write two sentences or three sentences, but attach it to either your morning or your evening routine. So make it is because what, what you can do with that is you can build off the momentum of other things in your routine. So one of the clients I'm working with right now, she, uh, she has, uh, she has to get up early for her job and then she has to deal with some stuff in the morning. She felt rushed all the time. So what she would do is she would set, she now sets out her she fills up her Keurig with water and then she puts a teacup underneath it with a, with a tea bag. So that way when she wakes up in the morning, all she has to do is press the button path of least resistance. She has her journal at night. She actually leaves that out on, on top of her. I think she leaves it on top of her pillow before she like, so when she makes her bed in the morning, she puts the journal on top of her pillow. So that way there's no way for her not to see it. So it's about, if you put it as part of a routine, not only do you create this, this flow, which is what you want, but also you're, you're adding it, you're, 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 you're going to have momentum from the other things you do around the routine to make it like, you know, I want to finish this routine. Not just, I want to finish this task, but I'm going to do these three things and journaling can be one of them. For me, it's night because I, I if I don't journal at night, then I'm going to be, you know, I won't fall asleep nearly as quickly. I need to need to close out the day for you. It might be morning, but I would add it to that routine. And just remember, it doesn't have to be an essay. It just has to be enough. Mm. That's awesome. Where's the best place for someone to learn more about your work and to figure out when your book is coming out? What's I can't so, wait. Yeah, so I'm excited. And I think the best place to go, because when you go here, you can sign up to get book updates, but you can also you'll also get uh, my weekly email called attention, which is basically a curated list of things that got my attention for this week. Uh, if you go to productivityist.com slash book, you'll get, you'll, you'll be able to do that. Just enter your email address. You'll be able to do that. And if you want to follow me on social at productivityist, that's the word productivity, then I S T at the end of it on all social channels, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. But yeah, I'd love for you to check out the book. There'll be the frequent updates, special offers, all that stuff. So again, productivityist.com slash book. And thank you so much for having me today. Well, thanks for hanging out with me. I've gone a little over time, but it's been a, a, a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much, Trace. It's been awesome. I got to tell you, folks, Mike is a good dude. We talked for probably another half hour about his Astros and my Cardinals. And at this point, as we release this episode, Mike's Astros are poised to win the 2019 World Series. They're just one win, get, win away against the Washington Nationals. So we'll see how that turns out. You can keep up with Mike and his time crafting exploits at productivityist.com forward slash book. And also, I want to invite you to check out the guest post that I wrote for Sean Blanc. We're going to put a link to that in the show notes. It's uh, posted at thefocuscourse.com, and the article is called How, to, How the Note Helped Root Out Self-Doubt. And I hope maybe you get something out of that. In the meantime, uh, I, I want to invite you to stick around because our next Change Journals episode features Gabriella Pereira. She's going to talk about her brain book and how that helps her keep track of her writing ideas and her business ideas and just helps make sure her brain is in order. Can't wait to share that with you. Hey, I'm Tracy Winchell. That's it for this episode of The Change Journals. We'll see you next time.